Ashley Wilson with Recovered Life, a podcast that talks about everything under the sun. Uh, And today I'm going to talk about um, racism. And I'm actually going to go live on my Instagram. So hold on real quick. I'm going to go on here. I figured if I do a live, then I won't chicken out because sometimes I have a hard time just actually doing it. But if I go live with something, it helps me to sort of uh, put some action to what I'm doing. Okay, so hold on, I'm getting on here right now. Flip it around, here we go. Okay, I'm gonna get started here. I'm gonna press the live button in three, two, one. All right, so I want all my peeps to know I am also recording this on my podcast, Recovered Life. And the reason why I'm coming on here is from June 1st to June 7th, uh, there was an Amplified Melanated Voices challenge, I guess you would say. But really what I wanted to do during that time was to listen and to learn and to really amplify uh, black lives and people who are in the community that's around me or people that I follow um, and just kind of share their stories because my story as a, a white privileged person is not as important right now because my story has been seen, my story has been heard. Uh, one of the things that this challenge, for lack of better words, had encouraged was for us to share what we've learned during this seven days time where we aren't amplifying our voice, but we're amplifying um, people of color around us and their voices. So I'm going to just be super real and very, 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 very honest. And uh, because I feel like that's what needs to happen. These conversations need to happen, right? Um, If you were to ask me like, Ashley, are you racist? I'd be like, no, not at all. Like I have black friends, I have Alaska Native friends, I have um, Mexican, Hispanic, uh, Hispanic, Hispanic friends, I have friends from like all spectrums of life, right? And I, if you were to ask like, so with the whole like Black Lives Matter thing, I didn't really take it seriously. Not that I didn't think Black Lives mattered, but I didn't take it seriously in the context of what it stood for. I thought it was another like anti-white thing. And I didn't really understand that racism and prejudices were as prevalent as they were. I live in Anchorage, Alaska. I've lived here since 1992. Um, I've gone to schools that have been full of all different colors. I've been um, one of two white girls in a step dance group at Bartlett High School. Um, I dated uh, people of color, uh, black, Hispanic, Dominican. I So I lived under a rock and I actually intentionally lived under that rock. Uh, and the reason why was because I just, how would it apply to me? Like, why does this apply to me? Because it doesn't, right? Like. I'm not out there spreading hate or uh, making racial slurs or comments towards people of color. So why, who am I to have a voice and opinion? Um, I was always like afraid that if I were to say something 
that I would get attacked uh, by the black community, by people of color. And so I just always kept silent, right? I just, you know, I, I tried to raise my children. I tried to raise my children uh, to be really sensitive to other people and to all people and make sure that they don't devalue them in any way. You know, if they, if someone says hi to them, that they don't have to have like a conversation, but they at least have to acknowledge that they exist, you know, by saying hello, uh, to tell people thank you, to ask them how their day is, um, to smile. And, you know, we don't talk down about, uh, you know, homeless people on the street or anything like that. But I realized that through this whole Amplify Melanated Voices that my silence, me being afraid to have these conversations with uh, people in the community who are suffering was wrong and it wasn't okay. Um, and to be honest, I always, I felt marginalized in a lot of ways growing up. I didn't really understand um, this, this movement, this culture, uh, because I felt, you know, we grew up really poor. We grew up on welfare, um, you know, a single mom. And uh, I just, I was looked down on. I was in a community on the east side of town, and I was kind of one of the only white people there. There wasn't a ton of us, and I got made fun of a lot. And I was called cracker. I was called whitey. Um, I was told that, you know, you're pretty for a white girl, or how do you have such a big butt being a white girl, or, you know, so I'm, I've been on that side of things, uh, but I, I felt marginalized being a woman. I felt like the minority um, being poor, and I never felt like I had a white privilege. I never felt privileged to be white. But then during this time, right, I've been listening and learning because that's the best way to understand where people are coming from is to listen and to learn. And I, so what I have learned from listening over these past few days, and this is not going to stop here. It's not going to end, you know, on the 8th of June. It's going to be something that is going to be a lifelong thing. So one of the things that I learned was how uncomfortable I was to talk about racism. How uncomfortable it is to look at your own heart and actually see if there is racism that you hold on to. Um, I don't remember the terminology, but there's ones that are like, oh my gosh, I had them, I had them down, but the racisms that you have without even realizing it you know, like if you see someone who's dressed in a dark hoodie, who um, is on the, you know, in Fairview. Fairview is kind of the, the rougher side of town in, in Anchorage. Um, you might be like, oh, they're a drug dealer, right? Or they're a druggie. Or you might lock your doors. And I'm not saying, you know, just go into situations that are unsafe, right? Because there is... But what I am saying is that just because a person looks a certain way, I have made judgments. And that is racism. And there's a lot more racism in Alaska towards the Alaska natives 
uh, that I've seen, once again, I have lived under a rock, and this is not like an entire view, but I've seen a lot more racism towards Alaska Natives than I have towards uh, black people in Anchorage, Alaska. And I, from my experience, others will have different stories. Um, but yeah, so that was one of the things is realizing I had to check my own heart and see and realize I'm going to be really uncomfortable and that's okay. You know, I, another thing that I, that I did during this time was we have a neighbor and he's black and he lives, you know, we're apartment number three, he's number four. And, uh, he shares a name with my youngest daughter. And so there's, that's kind of been fun because they spell it the same and uh, he interacts with her and it's just really cute. He's just such a sweet guy. He's about 57. Um, he kind of keeps to himself, doesn't really talk much. And, you know, after the justice for George Floyd, after watching that video um, and after just someone had mentioned talking to, to black people and, um, you know, seeing where they're, they're coming from, you know, like actually asking them if they've experienced it, uh, racism or, um, system, systemic racism. So I'm still learning. I don't know all these terms. Uh, but yeah, I asked him if I could put up a sign in the window or how I could support him during this time. And I do have a relationship with him. So I felt comfortable in talking with him felt comfortable in asking him questions and uh, he just kind of got uncomfortable and you could tell that this wasn't something that he was used to a white person I uh, asking him or he, so in talking with him he grew up on the East Coast he moved up to Alaska when he was 13 and when he would he had mentioned he had gotten beat up for being on the wrong side of town on the East Coast I uh, and I was, you know, oh man, like my heart went out. And then he said, I was 10. He was 10 years old. He went on the wrong side of town and was beat up by a group of white people. And I got to thinking like, my oldest is 10. My oldest is 10 years old. And if she came home beat up because of the color of her skin, I, act, I don't even know what I would do. And that was, that was hard to hear, but it was important for me to hear that. It was important for this man to share his story with me and to be heard. For him to know that his pain is valid, to know that where he comes from is valid. And I apologized to him because I have been silent. And he kind of laughed it off and was like, whatever, you know? And, but I told him, no, it is not okay for me to not talk to you and to not understand where you're coming from and to hear people's stories. I love people. I love hearing where they've come from. Um, and you know, he has a daughter who's black and who's married to a white guy and they live in the South and he's been really asking uh, and pleading with them to come live up in Alaska because he says it isn't as bad. You know, it's not as bad here. I, but he also did say in Wasilla, he didn't give me a time frame. there was a stuffed 
man uh, that was being lynched. And that stuffed man was a black man. And it was left up for years, for years, in Wasilla, Alaska. And I have no clue. I don't, I don't know about these kind of things. I don't know about the police brutality uh, here in Alaska. I don't know. I just kind of keep to myself. Um, I struggle with mental health. And oftentimes if I look into certain things, it can become really heavy on my heart and I have a hard time processing it. Uh, but God has been really asking me to deal with those hard things and to deal with the things that make me uncomfortable. Um, so that was a really cool thing is to hear um, people's stories and to listen. And uh, another thing is like learning the stories of the people who have been targeted by police down in the States or even in Alaska. So Brianna Taylor, like learning her story. Um, and Tamar Rice, like the fact that he was 12 years old, like that's a year and a half older than my daughter. I couldn't imagine. Like, I just, I can't imagine that happening to a child, you know, much less like an adult. Yeah, that's wrong. But like children and this is happening and I have been none the wiser. Um, I've been really challenged by a few of my friends too. Uh, and I'm really thankful for Lonnie Ridgeway at our church at um, Heart of the City for just be, being really gracious and open um, to hearing these stories and I I love Terry Crews from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and from AGT and listening to his story uh, he shared a little bit on his Instagram um, was really impactful like he, you think oh because you're a celebrity you've been immune to this kind of stuff but he says that he has been he's had a gun held to his head and been arrested just for being black and in the wrong place at the wrong time I uh, so, I, my words haven't really fully, I haven't really formulated all the words that I have or what's going on, but I'm looking into history uh, of our country, uh, looking into to things that, you know, have affected who we are. And it, I guess I kind of thought it was so long ago, but I mean, um, I watched Just Mercy on uh, Amazon Prime. And it has Michael B. Jordan in it, and it's based on a lawyer named Brian Severson, I believe. Um, and I mean, this happened in like 1980s, you know, and the Selma, um, the march from Selma to Montgomery was like, what, 1963? 1965? My mom was born in 1962 like it's crazy to think that it's actually in in this lifetime that these really big events happened and another thing that um we were gonna go camping on friday and uh you know there was a like a peace rally that was going on downtown in anchorage alaska uh, justice for Floyd and there was going to be a march after and it was really um, promoted as a peaceful uh, demonstration and um, we were going to go camping and so I had messaged a couple friends and you know said how um, I 
yeah, I don't think we're going to go. And, and then we decided that we would go, but we were wondering if we should bring our children or not because there have been riots down in the States and people have been murdered and there's been a lot of craziness going on. Um, and I decided we need to practice what we preach that we need to actually step out of our comfort zone and we need to show the kids, our children, uh, that we stand behind our beliefs, that we, black lives matter, so let's show that we agree with that, like action, you know, taking action instead of just posting it on Facebook or posting it on Instagram. Um, and so we went to the, the rally and it was, it was, crazy like I can't even tell you how I felt I've never been a part of anything like that before and the signs um and hearing the anger and the fear and uh hearing the stories you know there was a bunch of different language and we don't really cuss around our kids and they don't really listen to a bunch of cuss words or anything um I mean they're I talk with them about language and I you know, just being able to look at my 10-year-old because she she could read and she could understand what they were talking about, uh, but telling her, like, these people's feelings are valid, their stories are valid, and this is the way that they're expressing themselves. They're angry, they're frustrated, they're scared, and they want change to happen. I, yeah, so that was, that was awesome for the girls to be a part of something like that and uh, to actually step out and hold signs and to chant and to cheer and to see people coming into come together in unity for something that matters and matters a lot um and then also uh when we were walking back from um the rally to our car it was really cute because my three-year-old uh kept chanting we love you we love you we love you which i thought was adorable and uh you know, this is such a weird season we're in, and I'm so thankful that this stuff is coming out because it needs to be dealt with. I am thankful that people around me are using their voice for good and that they are actually talking about things. Um, I come from a dysfunctional family, and sort of the rule in the house was you don't talk about it, right? You don't talk about their the pain, you don't talk about the abuse, you don't talk about the things that are actually like happening, you just pretend like it doesn't exist. Um, it's actually a means of survival, right? Of not talking about it. But until I actually started talking about the dysfunction that I was a part of and talking about those secrets that I had in my closet, I couldn't get better, I couldn't heal. And I, I feel like that is what's happening right now in our nation is we are exposing the skeletons in our closet so that we as a nation can heal. And I, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of the conversations. I want to, you know, part of learning what my white privilege is, is I'm not uh, targeted because of my color. I showed up, um, I'm part of this Buy Nothing group on Facebook and you pick up things that people post like, hey, I have a gift, come and pick it up. Um, I'll leave it on my porch, right? And I went hiking one night and it was really late. Uh, the hike didn't get over till like 10.30. And an individual had left a pair of sandals up for me. They're a brand new pair of sandals. 
and uh, she said, just pick them up after your hike, that's fine. Uh, we, I live in Alaska, and in the summertime, it is light until like two in the morning. Uh, um, and so showing up, right, at this person's house at 11 o'clock at night, it made me wonder, you know, part of this like listening and learning is feeling and understanding what it could be like to be, um, to be a person of color. And if I showed up at someone's house at 11 o'clock at night, got out of my car, got on their doorstep to pick something up, being a black man, how would I have been treated? I don't know, right? Like. Cops could have been called, who knows, but I'm not. I'm a, a white woman, and so I'm seen as um, not a threat as much. I, so, I don't know. There's just been a lot of things going on in this world, and I just wanted to share a little bit of what I've been learning through this process, and I know that it is a continued learning process, and I just want to apologize for not speaking out sooner and for not supporting um, black lives or people of color in a way that I should, in a way that I, I would really like to. And so what I'm gonna do as a fitness professional and as someone who is an advocate for mental health is I'm gonna learn more about how uh, I, you know, so there isn't a lot of information out there for women in general. Most of the studies done medical studies are done on on men right and I'm learning that women are very different than men you know physiologically biologically like anatomically um, we are different we have and I'm learning even more that black women are even more different and that's not a bad thing at all and so learning more about um, you know there I'm a pre and a pregnancy and postpartum coach and so learning more about how that affects affects them um, as women as black women or people of color is going to be really important for me as a uh, personal trainer and someone who comes alongside people I'm also in recovery as well and I do know that trauma affects um, addicts are addicts because of trauma you know, and so understanding uh, where they're coming from and listening to their stories and allowing them to share stories, allowing my friends who are struggling to share their stories is going to be a really important part of um, the learning process for me, healing for them. I've shared my story with people about my recovery and um, just what I've gone through and what I've grown up in, and that's been really cathartic and healing for me. Uh, so I just wanted to share, and I know it's kind of been rambling, and um, I'm not going to edit my podcast because, one, I just don't have a ton of time. My kids are resting and having like their nap time and their quiet time, and I just wanted to come and share a little bit of what I'm learning, and this is not going to be the end of it. I'm going to continue to uh, learn and to listen and just help to amplify all voices um, and especially those who are voiceless 
I felt voiceless for so long. I didn't have a voice. I didn't have the opportunity to speak for myself uh, for a majority of my life. And I'm only now finding my voice. And it would be a shame, a tragedy, if I didn't use my voice to stand and advocate for others who don't have one. Um, I would love if you have any resources, if you know of anybody that I should follow on Instagram or who I should talk to, please just send them my way. I really, or if you have stories that you want to share with me, uh, I would really love to hear that. And um, because you matter, you really do. Black lives matter. And, and I can't stress that enough. Like there are so many people in my life that I just, I honor and respect. Um, and so this just hurts my heart to see. It doesn't surprise me because just I've seen a lot of cruelty cruelty in my life uh, and I just always hope for the best and um, so I guess in a way it has surprised me that it's still going on it's still so ugly and I choose not to live under a rock a really big thing for me is I don't know politics a lot and um, it's really that that world is really uncomfortable for me. Politics is a very uncomfortable place for me, um, but it is my privilege to be able to vote. And to, I mean, there's resources available. Please send them my way because I have no idea. Uh, but I'd love to hear just any and all the resources. Um, I've been following more um, black people and things like that to kind of learn and to just really be challenged in my own beliefs um, but yeah I am going to get off of here but this is not a conversation that's going to end today it's going to continue and I would um, I'm open I'm open to listen to anybody's story and I love you guys and I uh, have a great day That was a lot harder than I anticipated, right? I just got done with my live on Instagram and I realized I should have had some bullet points uh, so I can refer back to them. And like I said, this is a journey that I, it's not gonna end today, it's gonna continue. And um, yeah. So, with a heavy heart and just um, a willingness to learn, I'm going to let you guys go and just keep praying for this nation.